1: Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, November 11th, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, New York State is investigating the Apple Card for alleged gender bias. Sources say Apple thinks AR glasses could someday replace the smartphone. Dara Khosrowshahi said some things that he regrets. And Amazon is going to launch a grocery store not named Whole Foods. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Over the weekend... Ruby on Rails creator David Heinemeyer Hansen noticed something odd. He and his wife had both applied for one of those new Apple credit cards, which is serviced via Goldman Sachs. But despite the fact that he and his spouse both file joint tax returns, despite the fact that DHH's spouse has a higher credit rating than he does, despite the fact that they live in a community property state and have been married for many years, he was granted a credit limit 20 times greater than the credit limit that she was given. In a profanity-laced tweet storm, which I will link to in the show notes, DHH said, among other things, quote, It gets even worse. Even when she pays off her ridiculously low limit in full, the card won't approve any spending until the next billing period. Women apparently aren't good credit risks, even when they pay off the effing balance in advance and in full. The customer service experience is infuriating too. They're quick to respond, but nobody is authorized to discuss the credit assessment process. No opportunity to present evidence. Just a "Sorry, your wife is deemed to be one twentieth the credit worth you are. Check again in six months." End quote. Well, aside from going viral, the tweet storm also drew the attention of New York State regulators, which have launched a probe into Goldman Sachs, investigating alleged gender discrimination in the Apple Cards algorithms when determining credit lines. Quoting Bloomberg, The department will be conducting an investigation to determine whether New York law was violated and ensure all customers are treated equally regardless of sex, said a spokesman for Linda Lacewell the superintendent of the New York Department of Financial Services. Quote, Any algorithm that intentionally or not results in discriminatory treatment of women or any other protected class of people violates New York law. End quote. Apple Card only offers individual accounts, and it is possible for two family members to receive significantly different credit decisions, a Goldman spokesperson said. Quote, In all cases, we have not and will not make decisions based on factors like gender, he said. Hansen said... Goldman's response doesn't explain what happened after he started airing his issues on social media, quote, as soon as this became a PR issue, they immediately bumped up her credit limit without asking for any additional documentation, he said in an interview, quote, my belief isn't there was some nefarious person wanting to discriminate, but that doesn't matter. How do you know there isn't an issue with the machine learning algo when no one can explain how this decision was made, end quote. So lots of people have come forward subsequently to say the same thing happened to them, including Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, who tweeted, quote, The same thing happened to us. I got 10x the credit limit. We have no separate bank or credit card accounts or any separate assets. Hard to get a human for correction, though. It's big tech in 2019, end quote. And as Tariq Krim tweeted, quote, How do we know a black box algorithm respects the law if we can't have a look at it? AI means algorithmic interference rather than artificial intelligence these days. End quote. Yes, people have been shouting about inherent bias in algorithms for a while now. Actually, the New York DFS just opened a separate probe against United Health Group after a study found that its algorithms allegedly prioritize care for healthier white patients over sicker black patients. Kudos to DHH for speaking up. But this is kind of the point. Not everyone has 350,000 Twitter followers. So not everyone attracts notice when they speak out about something like this. Indeed, as Jamie Heinemeyer Hansen herself said in a blog post this morning, quote, This is not merely a story about sexism and credit algorithm black boxes, but how rich people nearly always get their way. Justice for another rich white woman is not justice at all, end quote. Dara put his foot in his mouth over the weekend. In an interview with Axios, Uber's CEO, in a part of the discussion covering the Saudi Arabian government's role as Uber's fifth largest shareholder, Shahi referred to the murder of U.S. resident and journalist Jamal Khashoggi, as a, quote, mistake, which the Saudis are taking, quote, seriously. Actually, I'm just going to play you the exact exchange so I don't mischaracterize it. The two people you're going to hear talking are Shahi of Uber and Dan Primack of Axios, who, of course, I quote on this show all the time. My colleague Gabe Rivera tweeted, quote, Beware a Dan Primack leaning back in a comfy sofa. It's a trap, end quote.
0: I want to ask you uh, about Saudi Arabia. Uh, Last year, you chose not to go to the big Saudi Arabian government's investment conference uh, after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. And you said that you wanted to wait for more facts to emerge. Uh, We're now at a point subsequent to that, the CIA has assessed that the Saudi government, including the crown prince, had a role in that murder. You also decided not to go this year. Did you not go this year because of the Khashoggi situation? We had a board meeting at the same time. Well, that's convenient, but you're the CEO. You probably could have rescheduled that. We
2: scheduled board meetings years and years ahead. It wasn't... uh, Would you, if
0: your board meeting had not been that day, would you have gone? I don't know if I would have. You also, Saudi Arabia is your fifth largest shareholder. You have uh, the head of the Sovereign Wealth Fund on your board. Do you believe he should stand for re-election to
2: the board? I think he's been a very constructive board member, Yasser has. uh, And I personally have valued his input greatly. Uh, it's up to him whether he wants to stand for re-election. But well, but from your opinion, he represents and works for a government which
0: you believe had a role in the murder of a journalist who was a U.S. resident. Should that person
2: be on the board of a U.S. company? I think that government uh, said that they made a mistake. Well, they um, made a mistake and somebody's dead. Well, listen, it's, it's, it's a serious mistake. We've made mistakes too, right, with self-driving. Uh, and we stopped driving and we're recovering from that mistake. So I think that... People make mistakes. It doesn't mean that they can never be forgiven. I think they've taken it seriously.
0: The, and CIA, from my guys, standpoint,
2: the CIA didn't suggest that
0: they made a mistake and it was an oversight. Like with self-driving, that was a, basically a bad censor, correct? This yes. was, the CIA yeah. suggested that the crown prince had a role in ordering an assassination. It's a different thing. You guys didn't intentionally
2: didn't, run somebody over. I didn't read that part of the CIA report. You're, you're obviously deeper in it. But I think from a Saudi perspective, they're just like any other shareholder, right? It's we Now we're a public company. Anyone can invest in our company if they choose to do so. And they're a big investor, just like you could be a big investor as well. I don't think I can be as big as the Saudis. I don't <laughs> That'll think. be hard. That'll be tough.
1: Khosrowshahi released the following subsequent statement, quote, I said something in the moment that I do not believe. When it comes to Jamal Khashoggi, his murder was reprehensible and should not be forgotten or excused, end quote. Quoting Chris Welch from The Verge, This is truly one of the most insane things a CEO has ever said. Uh, yeah, they brutally murdered and dismembered a journalist. Our self-driving car mowed someone down. S happens. Live and learn, eh, fellas? End quote. Miro is a visual collaboration platform that gives your team more clarity through comprehensive functionalities that work together with your existing tool sets to make any sprint ritual whether it be a stand-up estimation, sprint planning, or retrospective, more efficient, clear, and ultimately more productive. When I did the AI resume project, I wanted it done fast and dirty. I used a remote team, and so I used Miro to keep everything on track. Miro helps ensure your team has the context they need before devoting time and resources to get the work done. With Miro, planning team tasks is smoother and gives everyone a clear sense of mission for every sprint. Plan sprints with ease using Miro's planner widget. Connect your team's Jira or Azure instance to your Miro board to visualize and filter tasks by Sprint Week, Status, Epic, and Team. Normally, mapping dependencies just links one ticket to another, but Miro has visual representations on which tasks are dependent on others. Filter by a critical level, team, and more. Streamline your estimation ritual and quickly check if your team is over or under capacity to help them be more realistic and grounded on the team's capabilities, size, etc. Whether you work in product design, engineering, UX, agile, or marketing, bring your team together on Miro. Your first 3 Miro boards are free when you sign up today at miro.com. That's 3 free boards at M I R O.com. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But it's possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I'm wearing a Mack Weldon shirt today. It's hot and a bit sticky out, but as I took the kids to school this morning, I felt breezy and cool. Mack Weldon is not flashy, just classic, always in style and made from the world's most comfortable performance materials. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys that want to look great without even trying. My favorite is the upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. The silver peak polo. Wearing that now. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mac Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code BRIAN. That's M-A-C-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code B-R-I-A-N. In a big report, the information is saying that Apple is aiming to release its rumored AR headset only in 2022, which runs counter to the rumors that that headset would be coming as soon as next year. And actually, if the information is to be believed, that first one is maybe sort of a beta, because a sleeker, more sophisticated pair of AR glasses could be coming in 2023. The details of this timeline were apparently shared with a thousand Apple employees in October at an internal event in the Steve Jobs Theater, indicating that Apple sees this as a major initiative, thus everyone needs to be read into the plans, and also that they were okay-ish. With the details of this inevitably leaking out, quoting the information, Apple's headset, codenamed N301, will offer a hybrid of AR and VR capabilities, according to people familiar with the device. It resembles the Oculus Quest, a Facebook virtual reality headset released earlier this year, but with a sleeker design, these people said. Cameras will be mounted on the outside of the device, allowing people to see and interact with their physical surroundings, they said. Apple wants to make heavy use of fabrics and lightweight materials to ensure the device is comfortable to wear for extended periods of time, executives said in the presentation in October. The headset will have a high resolution display that will allow users to read small type and see other people standing in front of and behind virtual objects. The technology will be able to map the surfaces, edges, and dimensions of rooms with greater accuracy than existing devices on the market, executives said at the meeting. To illustrate these capabilities, attendees at the October meeting were shown a recording of a demonstration in which a virtual coffee machine was placed on a real kitchen table surrounded by people in a room. The virtual coffee machine obscured people standing behind it in the room. Apple is planning to reach out to third-party software developers as early as 2021 to encourage them to build apps for the new hardware, the company told employees at the October meeting. In contrast, Apple's AR glasses, codenamed N421, present bigger technical challenges than the headset and are farther from release. They are meant to be worn all day and current prototypes look like high-priced sunglasses with thick frames that house the battery and chips, according to a person who has seen them. Additionally, Apple has explored the use of lenses for the glasses that darken when people are using AR on them, a way of letting others know the wearer of the glasses is distracted, said another person involved with the project. Apple applied for a patent for such a feature earlier this year. Apple's senior managers have told employees they believe later versions of the AR glasses could replace the need for iPhones, In roughly a decade, the person said, end quote. So yes, that would be quite ambitious indeed. It continues to be difficult to know what to make of what Amazon makes of its Whole Foods subsidiary. Has the Whole Foods acquisition been a success or a failure? And is it too soon to determine either way? But what can we make of Amazon possibly not being willing to wait to find that out? According to job listings, Amazon is about to launch a brand new grocery store brand in California next year. The job listings literally describe it as Amazon's first grocery store. "Quote: Amazon is opening a grocery store in Woodland Hills in 2020, an Amazon spokesperson confirmed to CNET on Monday morning, soon after the company published four new job postings for the location. Woodland Hills is a neighborhood in Los Angeles. The store will be different from Whole Foods, Amazon said. It didn't say whether it will open more of these locations, what its selection or pricing will be, or what the brand name is. But in the job's postings, the company described the Woodland Hills location as, quote, Amazon's first grocery store, suggesting that it will have the Amazon brand name and that the company could expand to multiple sites. The store won't use the company's Amazon Go technology, which allows customers to check out without waiting in line. Instead, checkout will be conventional, as at other grocery stores, the company said, end quote. I mean, I suppose the obvious angle here is that Whole Foods has always been and continues to be high-end, right? They don't call it Whole Paycheck for nothing. Plus, with the focus on organic and specialty foods, that still leaves a ton of room for more traditional grocery experiences, especially on the bread-and-butter, shall we say, Kroger end of the spectrum. Maybe that's what Amazon is eyeing here. Let me quote again from CNET. When asked if the new store will compete against Whole Foods or signal a move away from investing in that brand, Amazon said no, offering strong support for continuing to grow that business. When it comes to grocery shopping, we know customers love Choice, and this new store offers another grocery option that's distinct from Whole Foods Market, which continues to grow and remain the leader in quality, natural, and organic food the Amazon spokesperson said, noting that Whole Foods opened 17 locations this year and that more are planned. The spokesperson said Amazon will continue to invest in grocery delivery with Whole Foods, end quote. Finally, as much as we've been discussing otherwise, not every company that has taken gobs of SoftBank money has been unable to use that money to find success with. The biggest counterfactual to that particular narrative has to be DoorDash, which has used Massasan's money to focus heavily on expanding to the suburbs and has turned itself from an also-ran to the biggest food delivery app in the U.S. Indeed, a big knock on the whole gig economy was that it focused on the coasts and the cities, but going in the opposite direction has been, quote, this center of a strategy that secured DoorDash a firm position atop the U.S. food delivery market, said Tony Zhu. DoorDash's chief executive officer. The suburbs, he said, were underestimated by competitors, giving DoorDash the opportunity to forge nationwide exclusivity deals with the likes of the Cheesecake Factory and Chili's. Quote, while our competitors focus on the cities, we focused on the suburbs, said Zhu. That's how we were able to become the market leader, end quote. Helping that has been a $2 billion capital war chest substantially contributed to by SoftBank, which... In its most recent investment, helped lift DoorDash's valuation to $12.6 billion. Indeed, that's exactly how SoftBank's strategy was always supposed to work. Find a player in a sector, flood them with cash so they could bludgeon the market and crowd out competitors, and someday reap the near-monopoly profits. Indeed, quoting Bloomberg, just a few years ago, DoorDash was struggling to find investors and agreed to cut its share price to raise capital. By late last year, annual sales had tripled. But questions remain about how sustainable the business is. Over the summer, a DoorDash investor prepared an informal presentation arguing the merits of a sale of the company to Uber, according to a copy of the document obtained by Bloomberg. Uber, which also counts SoftBank as its largest shareholder, is sitting on $12.7 billion in cash, and its CEO, Dara Khosrowshahi, told analysts on a conference call this week that the company is open to acquisitions in food delivery. However, Khosrowshahi has also committed... To cut spending in service of turning a profit by 2021. Representatives for the companies declined to comment on the prospects of a merger, end quote. So, Uber does have $12.7 billion sitting in the bank, but as long as it needs that cash to create a runway to profitability, it certainly seems like DoorDash would be too big for Uber to swallow, especially at a $12.6 billion valuation for DoorDash. Although I don't know the way things are going. The two could merge some ways down the road in a manner that would effectively mean DoorDash would be essentially acquiring Uber. If that ever does happen, make note that I said this because I'll look like a genius. That is all for today. Hope most of you had the day off. Talk to you tomorrow.